This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Hi, everybody. My name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Jen Hatmaker here. You're very happy hostess of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show today. So guys, we're in the middle of our For the Love of Giving series, we're talking to people who inspire us with their amazing, generous spirits and show us how important it is to care uh, for each other well. So listen, no doubt, absolutely no doubt, you love our next guest. (laughs) Believe me, he is a bundle of joy and infectious energy. You're going to see that over the next few minutes. Uh, I guarantee you he's made you laugh and cry a time or two. He definitely has for me. So it's so fun to have on the show today, Ty Pennington. You know him. He's a television host, designer, carpenter, and now like a voice for volunteerism. He, um, he rose to fame, probably this is where I met him, maybe you too, on TLC's incredibly popular design show, Trading Spaces. Do you remember Trading Spaces, you guys? I mean, this was the stuff that like early 2000 dreams were made of. The very best kind of reality TV, if you ask me. Remember that it was two couples, they each got $1,000 and a weekend to transform one room in each other's homes. Can you remember? And then designers and carpenters like Ty would help them make it happen. And of course, hijinks ensued. A million times. Um, Anyway, I loved Trading Spaces. Uh, You did too, I'm sure. And then you probably remember his next show, Extreme Makeover, Home Edition, OMG. Um, I feel like we all watched that. Um, If you didn't know the setup of that show, in just seven days, Ty and a team of contractors and an enormous team of volunteers would give a full home makeover to like a deserving family while that family was shipped off to have fun at Disney World. Can you remember that? Oh my gosh. So, the family would come home. Everybody would cry during the home reveal, including every one of us at home. Uh, it was just so much. And it was so exciting to watch. And Ty was the ringleader. He was the host of the whole show. 
So I never really knew how they would do that in seven days, but they did. We will talk about that during this interview. And he gives us a little surprise tidbit about that bus. Remember the end? Move that bus. Um, So Ty is also a pretty vocal advocate for ADHD awareness, um, something that he's actually struggled with since he was a kid. And he wrote about it pretty candidly in his new book comes out next spring. It's called Life to the Extreme. And we'll talk about that too. So anyway, I just love Ty. I love his story. Um, I love how he has used his time and his energy and his talent to help other people and to make beautiful things. And I think it's an inspiration to us listening that giving comes through a lot of different avenues. And he is just a delight. He's exactly like you would hope for him to be. And you are going to enjoy this conversation so very much. So I'm pleased to share my fun, fun, fun chat with Ty Pennington. Ty, I'm so happy to welcome you to the For the Love podcast. I have followed your career for years and years and years, and I love it, and I love you, and we're happy you're on today. Well, thank you for all the love. Um, (laughs) You know, it's funny when you say years and years and years. uh, It makes me feel so young, but (laughs) (laughs) but it's funny when people see me, they're like, oh my God. Like, I mean, that's my favorite line is people like, I grew up with you. And I'm like, you did? So, so you were in detention hall as well? They're like, no, no, no. I grew up watching you. Oh, I'll go, right. right. So, uh, no, but I've, I mean, look, considering like, if you had asked my mom, if she'd ever thought um, I would end up doing anything good in my life, especially on television, totally, that right? would have never, uh, never even, no, that would have been a. So yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. I mean, my God, I've had some of the most amazing jobs on the planet and, uh, and I still do. You still do. By the way, speaking of congrats on your third book, um, that you are cranking out life to the extreme. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, okay. and what that whole process was like, but I wonder, you don't need much of an introduction to my community. I can, I can assure you that. Um, but I have already told my listeners, you know, a little bit about your background, but I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit more, if you could talk for a minute about how sure. we got to the Ty Pennington that we know and love, like where did you grow up and who was in your family and what, what kind of kid were you to sort of bring you into the moment where we all sort of got to meet you? Wow, I wish you guys had already read the book. I wouldn't have to say anything because that's really <laughs> that's basically what it's all about. Yeah, it's like, love it. but uh, but yeah, it's um, it is kind of uh, ironic to be honest with you that um, I would end up. Well, I'll just share one story with you. Okay. Um, first of all, like as a child, um, I was that one child that um, that it's that one child that that at a party they're like, is there any way that that one child could just go to a different room? <laughs> Um, and they're like, he's just louder than everyone. And so, and, and, un, and unnecessarily so, and it wasn't that I was like spoiled, like a lot of, uh, I think a lot of kids are today. It's just that I was, uh, um, what's the word? Um, a lot. Well, special. I was sure. a lot. Yes. And, um, but, uh, but I guess to, to, um, sort of, um, to say sort of like how I got to this point, the only time I would really ever like slow down and focus on anything and be quiet was when I was drawing. Uh, and of course it didn't have to be on a piece of paper. It could have been on a table. It could have been on the walls. It could be in the bathroom, all the above. I was constantly just, just expressing myself to the point that, um, uh, at, um, several times I was asked to just leave the house, uh, especially after I ripped a leg off a piano and started making my own furniture. And here's what's ironic is that I, I, I convinced these other kids in the neighborhood, um, 
to uh, to help me build a, a three-story treehouse because sure. my dad was a musician, which means he didn't have any tools. Um, so I didn't really have any, but my my friends in the neighborhood had great dads with with great tools in the uh, the above. Like at the age of nine, I was motivating a community to get together <laughs> and to make a, a build happen in like you know one day. Oh my gosh! Uh, so on then, brand and source. Exactly. Like, and of course I would have never in a thousand years, it was of course with the same community that, um, I had set the woods on fire, but that's another story. <laughs> Let's uh, not get but, bogged down in details. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I guess the real question is, 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 um, you know, how did, how are you experienced to, to you know, how is it that you ended up getting cast for this hmm. particular job? And, yeah. and, uh, and that is, uh, that's a really good question because, hmm. um, I think uh, several people could have done it, but I think what happened. So basically, I was uh, I, I ended up having um, abilities. What, what's the word? Uh, I had experience mm-hmm. in areas that uh, a lot of other people didn't, and here's why. So I, I um, well, one, I was asked to leave my house at an early age. Literally, uh, uh, a letter my mom wrote was like, "Look, we need a break." Uh, and so, at this wow. like seventeen, wow. but it was the best thing that ever happened to me being kicked out of wow. the house because immediately you had to um, sort of fend for yourself. Um, and uh, so, I one of my first jobs was landscaping, and then right after that, I went into construction. Um, hmm. And I was, and so I, I literally started learning a trade, but um, not. More than a year after that, uh, a friend of mine was going to uh, this girl I knew was going to art school. Um, okay. So, in long story short, I convinced myself to go to uh, I I I put myself through college, wow. like art school. Um, but I was smart enough. <laughs> I was smart enough mm-hmm. not to go four years because um, uh, I, I basically became a commercial artist, which yeah. is uh, hilarious because that was before a graphic designer was even a graphic designer. Um, but here's the hilarious part. It was a one-year school. Um, I ended up getting a degree. I only wasted one year of um, finances, which is great, and ended up getting a job because let's face it, once you get in, once you get out of school is when you actually start learning. It's just getting in the door. And so yeah. uh, so anyway, um, so so I basically already knew what I wanted to be, a graphic designer. I was going to be a star, and I actually won a bunch mm. of awards, et cetera. I was doing yeah. really well. Um, but um, – I was actually really sucked at the job that I was trained to do in school, which was commercial art technician, which is basically make things print ready, okay. which didn't matter anywhere because a year later the Macintosh came out and then that job, yeah. okay, we don't need you. Right. Uh, so, uh, so I went back to school and learned that. So, but anyway, mm. long story short, I ended up uh, going into this agency because these people, this guy said that I could make some money in Molly. And I was like, are you serious, man? Yeah. Like, so about four months later, I, uh, I went into this agency and of course, I've got this '80s rat tail. Sure, I've got like you know, I look like him. I'm in a band uh, <laughs> that has you know, I've just been fired from the flock of seagulls, basically. Totally. And um, and they uh, and they look at me and they're like, "Who said what?" That in a and I was like, "Look, I I I'm not trying to." There's a guy who said I should come in here, and they're like, "We don't know who you're talking about." And uh, they're like, "Do you have any pictures?" And I was like, "No, I do not." Oh and they're like, gosh. "So what do you expect us to do? Right. Have you thought about cutting your hair?" And so while I'm there, there's this Japanese guy who's pointing at me and laughing. And I'm like, what is his problem? Okay. And they're like, uh, this is a Japanese scout from an agency. And uh, and so these people don't even know me yet. Let, right. Now, you have to understand the random chance that I walk in the door yeah. to this agency at this moment in time. Sure. And there's this guy 
who, whose name was Captain, and the guy's like, you should come to Japan. And I was like, really? He goes, and I go, why? He goes, because you make money. And I go, <laughs> tell me more, Captain. <laughs> so, and I'm like, what would I be doing? He's like, take pictures. And I go, really? So uh, long story short, I, um, I like sign a, a contract that basically means I'm guaranteed $2,000 in two months. My, my dad sounded like a ton, right? Uh, yeah. Well, it was really nothing. Be honest with you. I was like, look, you're guaranteed nothing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And that's why I'm going. And, uh, Gosh. and the moment I got on that plane and went to another continent across the other side of the yeah. world, it changed everything because mm. not only did I have culture shock, but I realized what a metropolis looks like. I sure. realized what working with photographers who have creativity beyond mm. I mean, like I was just exposed to so much creativity and so much uh, production of of visual art. And uh, and after that, I came back and moved to New York um, because I tried to stay at my job and I was like, there's just no way. So the next thing I know, I'm in New York. And so I ended up getting uh, I ended up getting like five commercials off the bat. I went to this wow. agency and they said, oh, you're going to do so great here. Yeah. Um and I look like I was 12. You have to understand modeling is hilarious because most men look like men, but I look like I was 12 sure. years old. For Did you still have the rat tail years. or no? No, at this point, the rat tail had been trimmed, glory. which was nice. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, glory. And I, I kept getting commercial after commercial after commercial. And I was wondering what is going on? Yes, there was a strike going on that, that helped. Okay. But the other was, was one the factor. other was that people kept hiring me because I made other people comfortable on camera. Oh, that's <laughs> They're great. like, we need this guy that's because great. these other people laugh and they have a great time when he's around. Huh. So I'm like, what is going on? So anyway, what, what I've tried to explain to people is I, I, I never knew it then, but I think I look at it now. Um, is that, uh, so I'm, I don't know. I think the reason I keep staying employed is that, mm. um, especially in television when you're in reality TV. Sure. I think one of the reasons like uh, I, I did well is because I, I have the ability to make people relax and feel like themselves uh, on camera. And I never realized it till like, you know, 20 years down the road. But um, I've basically given up on um, modeling. because, Well, several reasons. One, uh, I got in this really bad car wreck and I flipped mm. a Jeep with a, a buddy of mine and yeah. I lost all the skin on my back and my shoulders and Whoa. my head. And this was literally like four weeks or three weeks after the cover of J. Crew came out. The wow. universe works in some amazing ways. So like, mm. I had made like a buck 25 a month uh, in modeling. I never made any money. I made lots of friends and I made some great <laughs> memories. Yes. But, uh, so, so here it is. I finally got the cover of J. Crew and I'm sure. like, wow, this is it. My I've big made moment. It. So then I flip a Jeep and like, you know, here I am and like literally leaving my body in, in a hospital room on morphine because they're having to screw up the gravel out of my, uh, my skin. And the, yes, some of the best times I've ever had. Um, but, um, but anyway, so, uh, but then I go down, I go back down to Miami. Um, and, uh, so I go on this audition. Nobody knows that I've lost all the skin. Oh go my gosh. And so I have to take off my, my shirt and my hat and I had staples in my head and they called my agency and were like, are you kidding me? What are you running like a Frankenstein? So anyway, long story short, the work started to taper off a little bit. So <laughs> then I, I went back to Atlanta and, uh, and I left my book. This is how serious I was about modeling. Yeah. I literally left my portfolio and my cards and my brother's uh, car overnight uh -huh. uh, in this warehouse district in Atlanta, which is basically, um, it was really not a great neighborhood. Right. Uh, I mean, especially then. So basically some homeless guys broke into the car and were using my eight by tens for toilet paper, no. which I find very hilarious because that was the official end of my career as oh, modeling. So there was no book left. 
And no, I did not make copies, right? So here's my point. The universe said, I think that's done for you. Right. And if I had never gotten out of that, mm. I would have constantly been like, okay, I'll go on this casting. Okay, maybe I'll do another job. But because of that, yeah. I had to go back into um, working with my hands, which is something I've always done. So I started making furniture. I started doing more construction, all the above. And so then like six months later, after they knew that I'd given up on that, mm. my agency called and said, hey, there's seriously an audition for they're looking for a carpenter who yeah. actually knows what he's doing. Oh and, so, and that's when I went on this audition. And I honestly didn't care if I got the job or not because I had a kitchen I had to finish. Sure. And that's how you get a job. You show up and you <laughs> yes. really don't care whether or not you get it. And so it's true. so weird because like the minute you don't want the job is the minute they offer it to you. It's, it's so funny because I remember, isn't it weird that way? Mm -hmm. But it's so true. They're like, yeah, he's the one because mm -hmm. he's, clearly seasoned. I was like, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm the one or not, but mm. yes, I can build you a box. So I, sure. I went on an audition with Frank and Frank asked me to build him a box. And clearly from, from the other debris that was lying around from the other people who had auditioned, he wanted a flower box, but I started measuring oh his size God. and I said something around six feet. And so, uh, the cameraman started laughing cause he realized I was going to build Frank a coffin. And, um, <laughs> And so that was the moment that um, they realized I had chemistry with people on camera. That's so great. And so I got a phone call and they said, hey, do you want to be on our show? And I was like, sure, let's do it. And then I, uh, next thing I know, I was on Trading Spaces and, yep. and, uh, and I got to be the sort of sarcastic uh, little little turd that I've always been, except oh I got to be, a, you know, and, uh, and so anyway, but it, 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 that was it. That's, that's, that's right. That's and, uh, so it was awesome. But I, I don't think the network even knew that I really had a background in, in not only design and building, but also just in creativity. So like, sure. so I think they were just like, Oh yeah, this guy's blah, blah, blah. But they had no idea. And I, and I think to be, and, and to give kudos to uh, a woman named Lee Seaman who cast all the talent back then oh, yeah. like, because of such a variety of human beings with different styles and tastes. So that little show that came on at four o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. um, not only changed like television, but it changed my life for sure. Hey guys, this is Jen. I wanted to share something with you that could potentially change the way you look at meal planning. So if you're like me, trying to stick to healthier eating with my job and traveling and wrangling up food all the time for five kids whose tastes range from uh, hot dogs, that's my husband, um, to straight up vegan is a challenge. So I got my first Green Chef box sent straight to my door recently. And look, guys, I am a believer. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company. It matters to me. And their meal plans include paleo, which I chose and loved, a vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, LOL, and carnivore. So recipes are super quick and easy. Chef tips and photos, which I actually love, to guide you along. So everything's handpicked and delivered right to your door. And so this is how easy it is. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. So you can try Green Chef today and get $50 off your first box by going to greenchef.us slash for the love green chef dot us slash for the love for fifty dollars off your first box okay now back to our show
you're right. I, I, you're not overstating it to say that trading spaces was, it was monumental and it was revolutionary. There was nothing like it. Um, and it really sort of ushered in kind of a whole new season of television um, that looked like that and that felt like that. I mean, we all were absolutely mad for it. Um, how did you handle the limelight? Because pretty quickly, you were really recognizable to a lot of people. That show is so wildly popular. Um, did you, did, how did that feel for you to go come out of really pr- pretty obscurity, for lack of a better term? Uh, absolute obscurity. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let me just tell you the state I was in when this happened to me. Okay. So like I said, I had given up on modeling, which means um, I no longer had to look like a model. Mm. So I, uh, I was building furniture. I was like, but I was also in a band Sure, (laughs) and the kind of, and the kind of hours that you keep in a band really doesn't work well for modeling. Um, So, um, and so here I am like, let's face it. It's a performance art band too. Okay. So not only do we, not only do we play music that you probably don't want to hear, but just to cover that up, I, uh, I would film. I would. I would show like eight to sixteen millimeter films, like projecting on us, and so that you know, oh, it's amazing. more of a. It's, it's funny. I remember the the sound guys would be like, "Oh, so you're an art band?" I was like, "Well, yes." <laughs> and uh, so anyway, you get the idea. Um, I love it. So, so much. anyway, long story short, all of a sudden, boom! I've got this job where, um, you know, I'm the carpenter building things. Yeah. And to be honest with you, too. Uh, it was a learning experience for me too, because I've always been a guy that never turns down a challenge. And so when one designer says, Hey, look, I need you to build like four, almost five pieces mm. of things to do, including put down hardwood flooring in totally. this, in one house. And then in the other house, a designer would say, I need, I need four uh, things done as well. And these are four pieces of furniture or something bigger. Mm. Now, now you add that up and this was back before they ever had another carpenter helping. Oh, yeah. me. So it was literally me. And I was on the floor. I think it was like four 30 in the morning still laying the flooring down and the, and this was the day before reveal and the producer said, uh, Hey Ty, man, I think you need to go home and get some sleep. Cause, uh, you're starting to, to miss. <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, dude, but if I don't do this, it's not going to get done. And the producer oh, said, well, yeah, but that's okay. Isn't it? That's what, that's mm. what the show is. And I was like, Oh my God, you're right. That's right. I can show drama. No. Yep. And so, uh, so that that that's when a bulb finally um, lit off. But I was I was never one to like say no. I always thought we have to get it all done. Um, but then I realized it was a television show. And the moment I realized that, then I also realized that I could actually be sort of creative in an area I hadn't done before, which was um, sort of produce these little moments and these little funny bits. And oh, yeah, and like it was hilarious because in the beginning, producers were trying to be very producerish, and they're like, "Hey, hold this teddy bear." And I was like, "What are you talking about? Mm. Get the teddy bear away from me!" And they're like, <laughs> "Okay, well, how do you see this scene?" And I was like, "What do you want?" They're like, "Well, we want to describe that we're in Florida." I was like, "Okay." They're like, "Well, I was like, well, what do we have?" And they're like, "Well, there's a pond over there with a gator in it." I go, "Okay, well then go get me a whole chicken and some <laughs> uh, uh, and give me about 25 feet of rope." And Stop and then. It. You know, the person who just looked at me like, ooh, I like where this is going. <laughs> so next thing I know, I've, I've literally like speared this chicken and I'm, I'm, I'm lassoing it around my head. And um, so the, the cut shot is like Vern and Hildy like standing next to the lake or whatever. And then they shoot at the carpenter and I'm like literally spinning a whole chicken <laughs> around my head. And then I, unlo- 
I let it go and it goes hurling toward yeah. them. And Hildy has this drill gun in her hand and she just sticks it up in the air. And I swear to God, it punctures the, the flying chicken. No. I fell over laughing so hard in the mud that I was like, this is a keeper. So here's my point. Like from that moment, I realized, wait a minute, they don't yeah. know what they're doing all the time. And they're yeah. like, so I was like, okay, that opened up a whole new window to me. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. So uh, long story short to your original question, I was like checking out this vintage uh, furniture store uh, on the load-in day, which means we only had a half a day we had to work, and then we we had the day off. And so, um, and these dudes with tattoos and these low rider bicycles cruise by, and they're like, "Yo, man, you're Thai, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yeah." What? And they're like, "Yeah, man." We. Uh, I was like, "How do you know my name?" And they're like, "Oh, we dig your show." And I was like, "What are cool people like you doing <laughs> watching a show like that?" They're like, "Dude, it's and like." And I realized, yep. okay, wait a minute. It's like these are college kids that are like you know, coming home and God knows what they're doing before they watch, but they're enjoying the show. And I was like, Oh my God, this is really happening. And, uh, so that's when it blew my mind, the popularity of a show. But, but to be honest with you, like to give kudos to train spaces, it was the first time ever that a TV show finally showed instead of just before and after hmm. they showed the process, right? They exactly. Not, they put the tools in the hands of homeowners yep. and like no one had ever done that. Now these were ideas that no one should have ever done but we were giving them ideas. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was mind blowing how how um, how popular that got, and I and I knew that my life had changed dramatically at the um, sort of at the end near the the summer of uh, the season two because um, the crowds kept getting bigger and bigger in all the cul-de-sacs. Oh right. And uh, and at one point we were doing a reveal and it was on a Friday night and I remember more more beer started showing up and more people started partying yeah. on the sack. And I was like, Oh my God, there's like two to three to 400 people in the yeah. sack. And then, uh, and then it got out of hand and then there's flash bulbs going off. Cause you couldn't see like outside Gosh. the, anyway, next thing I know, somebody put the trash can over my head to get me out of there. And what? I was like, this was interesting. So fame is, is being, you know, <laughs> not like a college coach winning a football game and getting covered in Gatorade. No, it's dumpster juice that they cover you with when you become famous. Very and I was glamorous. Like, wow, this is great. Uh, yes. But anyway, it was one of those moments that I was like, wow. So that's what happens is you get, uh, I've never seen, uh, it was, it was shocking. And I, I just, I also didn't believe it because I was like, like, why would anybody think um, that I would be that amazing that you would need to, um, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but then again, I've often wondered, like, what is it about someone who's famous that you want? Like, do you really want their signature? No. What do you do mm. with your signature? Like, do you put it on a wall? No, not really. Now, photos, I do get. You want to be able to say, yeah. look who I'm with. After that, I and got it, really busy. <laughs> how many seasons do yeah. trading spaces run? Uh, here's the crazy part. It ran for a, quite a while. Yeah. But I left after season three, because one, um, let's just say that in the beginning, I wasn't very legal savvy. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, so you guys, I was like, so you guys aren't even going to give me a raise. I was like, really? Okay. All right. Well, you guys are really special. Uh -huh. So, uh, so yeah. So I had to make a very, um, I had to quit the greatest job I'd mm. ever been given, not knowing whether I would have another job if I did, wow. now look, I've made, I've made a lot of big decisions in my life, mm -hmm. but walking away from a gift, like a show at Drain Spaces is hard to do. And then I went to California and met a bunch of people and came up with a um, couple of show ideas, but I was lucky enough to end up on a show, um, yeah. where uh, it's funny when they asked me what I wanted to do, um, they were like, okay, Ty, so before we get into these, you know, thoughts, what, what kind of show would you like to do? And I was like, I would love to do a show 
that we make people cry for the right reasons instead of the wrong reasons. And, uh, right, yeah, and, uh, novel. And, and, right, like, uh, like, what have you done to my kitchen? I was like, you know, instead of that, <laughs> you did. Have and I was like, you this. know, build maybe, uh, you know, tree houses for uh, Make a Wish kids, that kind of thing. Yeah. And what's interesting is they literally said, "That's great, Ty, but nobody wants to see that sappy kind of stuff." And I was like, I totally get it. I just you asked me what I wanted to do and I just throw it out there. So what's interesting is, so about a month later, I'm on another episode of Trading Spaces and they call me and they go, Hey, we've got the show idea. Um, here it is. I'm like, okay. And they're like, you and six designers design and build a house in seven days. Yeah. And I was, and they're like, what do you think? And I go, I think it's impossible. And they go, um, uh, but I said, but I, th- but I think it will be be a great TV show, yeah, I was like, no but it is impossible. And then when they asked me how much they th- I thought it might cost, um, I knew we were in trouble because uh, <laughs> yes. because they're like going down an avenue they never. They don't even down. know what they're talking about. But, and here's why I think um, it's probably the greatest show that was ever on television. One, as um, as the lead singer of Coldplay, Chris Martin once said, um, it's the best and worst. Um, in the entertainment industry, um, the worst is that it's it's on television. The best is that actually, you know, changes people's lives. And uh, and the truth of it is, like, there's no show ever like that. And the other great thing about the show um, is that everybody won. Um, what I mean is the family won because their life was changed. Uh, the, the community was won. Yeah. The neighbors even won. Uh, but then the network the the companies that donated the products all the above everybody won everybody got the exposure like it was just perfect harmony in so sure many was. ways uh and and you walked away going my god i want to do that again we won too we were watching yeah, and yeah. bawling we wouldn't miss an episode of extreme home makeover never oh never god. never but what what is really interesting is this is and here's why i think the show was so special um because you have to understand at the time that show was created or supposedly created the the most popular show on television was um, Survivor, right? Right. And oh, if you remember course. about Survivor, they cast everybody not to get along, and so they did the same thing on Extreme. They 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 cast a bunch of unique, dynamic personalities yep. that really did not get along well together. And my and my job was basically to be the lead bear who would just sort of poke. Uh, I would just poke all the um, the the bears to be sure. honest with you, just to make sure that they made drama. In the beginning, they weren't even aware of what was really happening, mm. which was, you know, we found a really bad looking house in a neighborhood. And what was unfolding is the reason, the story of why that house was such in bad shape. Mm. And then when you found out that, you know, it was a it was a family that had a daughter who was fighting cancer. And the reason why the house looks so bad is because dad was putting all the money that he was making at a grocery store into her her um, cancer treatments. And so. As as more as all of a sudden, you know, you realize this story is not about us; it's about them. That's right. Um, and next thing you know, uh, we bring the first family home, and and of course the bus is there in front of the house, but it's not there for any reason. Oh really? Except for the fact that that's where we're sleeping. Like literally, Polly's socks were in my face, oh, and I was like, on. "This is wonderful." You hadn't and planned I, that. That wasn't some big no. That's moment. my whole point. Oh, wow. They, I mean, look, you know what the industry is like. It's about saving money, and this was a place that Very you good. could put all the talent that you know was air conditioned that um yeah and imagine what that's like too talent that doesn't really care for each other that's all at once totally. <laughs> and, and i'm like this is great and uh but anyway uh oh, but of course it uh it all changed anyway long story short that moment when we brought the family home and i actually walked them around the bus uh, uh of course that 
the moment when the bus would move would, would eventually, of course, take the iconic, right? Uh, take hold quite well, right? But of course, the 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 bus being there was just a perfect place to to block the view of the house. Um, but again, what I'm what the reason I'm getting to this is because it's all these 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 things that were not expected, and I think the greatest things in life. Especially when you saw the family react, because totally. they were expect up to this point. Whenever you saw my face, you expected a room to be transformed, but you never thought an entire house oh, would be crazy. transformed. And so the look on their face was absolute shock, and and it was just like, and to see that experience, and then look over and see these two twins who were, um, who were the builders, uh, both like in tears, and all their contractors and subs also in tears. I looked at my producer and I was like, please tell me you see what yes. I see, and I, and and he's like, uh, yes. yes, and I was like. So, um, and I think that's what I mean. I think I think the reason why it was so special is is I think the greatest things um, find their their identity naturally, and and uh, and that's exactly what happened. And 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 then of course it grew from there until, you know, I think the one of the great shows we ever did was we did seven houses in seven days in Joplin, oh, where well, literally an entire town was devastated. So yeah, I mean it's hard to say like when you talk about all the different things I've done um, in my life and. I mean, in in the category of television, my God, like, I I don't know of other mountains you can climb that could be as high because we've really done amazing things to uh, to communities. Like, and and honestly, it's it's you hear words like that all the time, but when when you're there and you you witnessed what was humanly possible when people like literally work together in a positive way, and you see what positive change can uh, look like, you, you realize, my God. Um, you know, we need more of this in the world. So yeah, I've mm, been blessed to absolutely have incredible jobs. I was also always incredibly moved during the show by all the the neighbors and the volunteers. I mean, just the sheer volume of volunteers that amassed to give these families, um, you know, these these dream home. I mean, they just seemed like there were a hundred of them swarming around the property at any time, and um, I, I was always just really, really moved by that. Um, did you guys ever have a hard time getting enough volunteers to pull your projects off? Or was that kind of a natural part of, of the momentum? Let's just say this, as the show, as the show got more and more popular, of course, we would have to like send people away, which oh, was amazing. Like I, I found some of the most amazing people. Like I, I met a family, several families that would do this instead of taking their family to Florida for vacation, they would take them, um, and have everybody volunteer That's uh, awesome. and be part of the show. And so they walked away being like, this is the greatest vacation we ever had. And I was like, my God, are you kidding me? You guys didn't sleep for three days. Totally. And so, uh, <laughs> so uh, but, and then, and the crazy part is, is people that helped on one episode would like travel just like deadheads and, and, and meet us on the next one. And really? we cruise that we met in Seattle that would also meet us in Kansas. And I was oh like, my, my God, because that's the vibe of the show. We had so many Wow. They knew that not only we were doing a thing, but let's face it, we're also a lot of fun to be around. I yeah. mean, we the um, we never slept, and and yes, oh we gosh. burned the candle at both ends. But we we there was no the thing is, if you didn't, then you weren't living. So like all you were was going back to a hotel room, and and it was just depressing. So you had to yeah. you sort of had to 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 live life to the fullest in every single way, and that's that's why well, a lot of people would say to me when they met me in person, they're like, oh my god, you know, you look so much better in person. <laughs> and I'd be like, I was like, I don't know how to take that, but thank you so much. That's amazing. But I think what you mean is I look really tired and yes. sweaty on television. And uh, but yeah, it was like the most amazing experience, and, and it's funny, I, like as you know, I'm writing a book about it, yep. um, about my life, and and there are these moments that change you. Um, and look, I've I've always been a um, 
let's let's just say I didn't I didn't come out of the womb thinking of others, you know, like I I uh I, I came from a family who was like, if you did not find food yourself in the kitchen, you know, in the cabinet, like you, uh, if you didn't make it yourself, you weren't going to get it. Wow. So it was, uh, it was one of those, those things that you were sort of, uh, you were in survivor mode most Got of it. your life. And, um, um, for me to, uh, to end up anywhere in my life where, um, you know, you realize by meeting other people and other families going through experiences that, um, that, um, it just changes the way you look at everything and how, how grateful you are for the simple things in life. But not that, how you, and it's funny, I, as I told you earlier, like I have the ability to, um, to make people feel comfortable on camera, but, but when they start sort of feeling so comfortable that they're telling you some of the, the toughest things sure. you've ever heard about what, what life can throw at you unexpectedly. Sure. Um, and then how you process that and, and, and what do you say to console that mm. it, um, it really like it, it, it opens up a whole new door inside you that, that, uh, you, you never really thought you, uh, knew about. And it, it sort of makes you grow in ways that you never really, uh, have grown because you, you're experiencing what other people have gone through. That's and right. then, and I think as an artist, you know, there's so many times that you want, you know, you put a painting on a refrigerator, you put a painting on a wall and you, you love to hear praise about it. But when you, when you build something, whether it's furniture or a painting or a wall or any kind of art and, it has a real, real meaning to somebody. And then you see that reaction and you know that you've done it for them. Uh, There's no other gratification that compares to that. Absolutely. Um, That's the reason you do keep going, even though Mm. you haven't had any sleep, because you're like, okay, what's the next project? And uh, the problem with it is, is you get so addicted to it, you can't stop. And that's why I, uh, that's why I keep going. It's like, I I love, yeah, but it's, 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 it's incredible. It really is. And I, I think, um, and I would have never guessed you know, um, being the, the kid that, um, was always sent to, um, the principal's office that I would end up being the one leading, you know, the do-gooders cause to, you know, great, go make positive change in a community. Just love it. (laughs) That always just came through loud and clear. It came through in your show. It came through in your life. And let me just ask you this before we wrap it up. I'd love to talk for just a second about your book. Your, it comes out next year, life to the extreme. And, and you talk about a lot of this in there and sort of what you have learned and, and what it's meant to, to kind of serve people and serve the community. And, And you talk a lot about your, your growing up years as well. I really actually appreciate your candor um, about your childhood, about being diagnosed with ADHD late, later rather than sooner, um, which would have right. been useful to you as a kid with a lot of energy. Um, oh, who, need, who needs education, you know? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yes. What can you just tell uh, my listeners about, um, about the book and about the writing process and what they can expect out of it and what you hope that they take away from it? Well, I think what you can expect, to be honest with you, uh, as you can just tell from listening to me is, is, you know, I, I, I would imagine I, I tell my story with, um, honesty, but with, you know, salted with a little bit of humor because that's just the way I live my life. Um, and, uh, and it, you know, it's, it has been truly a pretty extreme life. I, I would have never, um, guessed, um, you know, that I, I would have lived, you know, so much. Yeah. And, 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 and so, uh, but, um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a sort of a, uh, an honest look at, um, at, at a child sort of growing up, um, with understanding what the fear of a parent looking at a child who has like 
this uh, tendency to to screw up constantly. Mm. And um, and when and, and a child can read that fear and what that turns into is uh, is is absolute um, unconfidence and, mm. uh, and and a lack of confidence. And so. Right. Um, so one of the, and that's one of the reasons I think the grace thing that happens when I left uh, the home at, at an early age is because uh, for the first time I I um I no longer had that look of like oh my god he's mowing our lawn mm. like he's going to cut his foot off but then again look you know with a track record like mine how could you <laughs> right some <laughs> of it was justified right like yeah literally I set the woods on fire uh, <laughs> okay right so um but I know so what you yes, mean I, when you when you're raised in sort of a culture and an environment of fear it rattles you right. and it, it kind of shakes you. That's, that's fair. I, I really appreciate that as a parent. I like hearing that actually. Well, yeah. And I, I, I think for me, I think one of the reasons I wrote the book too is, is so many people have come up to me and like, because they know that I, I struggle with ADHD and luckily I had a mom. I mean, look, the, the chance of, you know, my mother, uh, choosing a, um, a career who, you know, is as a psychologist who mm. specializes in child psychology. Like she didn't know that after I, you know, popped out yeah, of her, she right. was just like, this is what she was going to do. And so she went to my school to test the worst kid. And they're like, Mrs. Pennington, you really don't want to know who this is. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and like, you know, she walks into my class and I'm, I'm well, naked. I'm wearing a desk. I'm like, you know, she's like, my God. Right. And I was like, Oh no. So, uh, mm. yeah. So like, so in many ways, but even then they didn't even know what it was. And so, right, yeah, exactly. I wasn't ever diagnosed and really put on any kind of medication until I was in college. But I guess what my thing is, is like, look, as a parent, you can make your own decision of whether or not your child needs to be medicated or how you want to, how you want to deal with his challenges or their challenges. But, um, I'm just sharing my own experience. And I, and I knew that, um, it was amazing once, um, the transformation that happened to me, like I was playing soccer and, and, um, literally like my mind cleared up and next thing you know, I could, I could read the field. I wow. went from like literally sitting the bench to like scoring like three goals because I was anticipating what was coming. My right. mind was working, uh, not to mention, but the thing is like, here's the hilarity of ADHD. Okay. Like we are the kids that will jump off a building because we don't think, about breaking the arm until we break the arm. Right. We're just like, oh my God, this is going to look so cool. It's going to yes. look like I really got shot. And next thing <laughs> you know, you're like, hey, I broke my arm. Right. So um, that's ADHD sort of in a nutshell. And and there's so many people that are affected by it. There's so many parents that are raising kids with it. And so oh, that's right. um, not to mention that there are parents that have it. I think for me to end up being the guy who um, could lead a charge to sort of make a positive change in the world is also the guy who's got a camera on him you know, working with power tools that could cut off his finger at any, mm. <laughs> any given right. moment. Uh, I think that's why I wanted to share the the story because um, I am that kid, yeah. and uh, and so you know, it's 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 funny um, that that life has a way of uh, sort of coming full circle sometimes, sure and uh, and so now now there are other kids that you know grew up watching me that are like, that's wait right. a minute, that guy seemed a lot like me. Maybe I need to, you know, um, and I would suggest learning a vocation because if you've got challenges like that and, and you're anything like me, yeah. the one thing you can always do is work with your hands and, um, and whether it's building something, painting something or whatever, yeah. and everybody always needs to that. And so, yeah, I'm not of the world of, of tech. So mm -hmm. I, I, I miss that boat. I was, uh, <laughs> I was building, I was busy building a boat with my real dad that sank that day, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'd say you caught the right ship. I think your ship yes, is sailing just I like did, it yeah, should. I, yep.
I, uh, it was definitely a, a sinking ship, but I love those because that means you're going to need to be rescued. Love it. When does Life to the Extreme come out so everybody can be watching for it? It sounds like it's coming out um, early spring, which <laughs> and, and just and so here's what I know. Right. So the new season of Trading Spaces is also going to be coming out. I yeah. guarantee you it's all going to be coming out right at the same time. Oh, wow. But also there's a couple of episodes of Trading Spaces that uh, let's just say they, they told me to use the theme extreme. And I was like, really, oh, you want to use you want to throw that word around lightly? And I was like, OK. So uh, all I can tell you is I, I did this room uh, for these people who love country. Oh, and my idea of country is farm animals. So okay. <laughs> um, I will just leave you with that because oh, that is going to be a great I'm episode. Dying. And let me tell you, there was a lot of cleanup after this one. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> can, I just cannot freaking wait to watch every single one of those episodes. Um, okay, look, we are just cheering you on, Ty. Uh, excited about your book. Excited about the show coming out again. Can't wait to watch you guys sort of reunited. And just thanks for your time today. It's really great to hear you talk about your life a little bit and sort of your path. It's just fascinating stuff. Can you tell everybody just real quick, like, where can they find you? Where will they follow you? Where's your stuff? All that. Yeah, I am uh, on Instagram. I'm the Ty Pennington uh, or, or the real Ty Pennington. I think I'm you know what? I'm not it's sure. The other, the real Ty Pennington or the Ty Pennington. Just I think try I'm the them both, listeners. And um, uh, and let's see what else. Yeah, the book's coming out in the spring, and I'm hoping to get a bus, and I'm hoping to tour around and try and uh, yeah. take the book to the people. So uh, yes, sir. So you stay tuned. Do that. Yes. Fabulous. So I'm excited. All right. So thank you so much for having Thanks me. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks. Bye. Wow. I um wish he was a little bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> He's so great. I enjoyed that conversation so much. I wish you guys could have seen me sitting here at my desk with my headphones on, just pretty much just like grinning into the microphone the whole time, <laughs> just listening to him talk and tell his story. And, Oh, he is really great. Uh, so first of all, three cheers for the reboot of trading spaces. I cannot wait to see that. Um, and then Ty's book coming out, of course, we'll have all that over at jenhatmaker.com on the um, podcast tab. We'll have the whole thing transcripted, all of Ty's appropriate and actual social media handles, since he wasn't sure which one was which, we'll sort it out for you so you can follow him online. Um, anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. This giving series is great. I just love all these givers because they're all different. Um, it's some of them are giving in sort of what we might consider a traditional way. And some are just like giving of their talent and their energy and their joy and their influence like Ty. And, um, it just all matters. There's just so many people on the end of all this service and it gives me so much happiness to think about. So, um, thanks for joining me during this, uh, series. I am absolutely loving it. Um, and just teaser, we are deep, neck deep, um, planning and recording and getting ready for all of our new series in the start of 2019. And we have so much fire coming to you. Oh, you're going to love it. You're just going to love it. Um, guys, thanks for listening every single week. You're the literal best podcast community in the world. And I love you. Have a great week. Hey guys. 
We're back for another segment of Jen's Favorite Things. So this is the part of the show where I share about some wonderful companies that are producing amazing products and giving back to charitable organizations and really worthy nonprofits. Plus, they have exclusive discounts and extras just for you, our podcast listeners. So here are today's favorites. Pine Valley Outfitters. It's a small family business specializing in outdoor hammocks. So fun. And gear. So through their Hammocks for the Homeless mission, you guys, they donate 50% of profits to organizations taking a stand against homelessness. So use the code GEN10, like one zero, to receive 10% off your entire order and free shipping through the holidays. Visit Pine Valley Outfitters at gopvo.com. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.